Set your course for the Hoth system. General Veers, prepare your men. All troops will debark for ground assault. Prepare to target the main jet. Echo Station 3TA. On an Imperial Walker. Attack pattern Delta. Go now. Watch that crossfire, boys. Right now, I feel like I take on the whole Empire myself. Target maximum firepower. Hey everybody, welcome to a very special episode here on the Force Chatter section of the Random Chatter Podcast Network. We are going to discuss The Clone Wars Season 7, the final season of all of The Clone Wars. There will be no more after this. We have been promised. This is it. This is the end. And it just ended today. We got Episode 12 of Season 7. We are going to go back and look over season seven and all three of the story arcs. We've got the first four episodes about the Bad Batch, the second four episodes about Ahsoka, and then the last four about Ahsoka, Darth Maul, and the Mandalorians. And we're going to give kind of our thoughts and impressions on it, a little bit of analysis. We're not going to go, I don't think, too, too, too deep, because we do have the entire season to cover. But we are going to hop right into it. I'm Eric, and I am joined tonight by Lou. Lou, how are you doing? I'm doing great. It's May the 4th. Awesome. Best day of the year. It is May the 4th. Yes. The big day. Jim, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing very well. Doing very well, Eric. How about you? I'm doing great. I'm, I'm doing great because I haven't had to get up early in a long time, but tomorrow I've got to get up really early for work. So I'm, uh-huh. I, I'm, I'm enjoying it while it lasts, but uh, I'm having a good May the 4th. It's been pretty good. And then we have joining us. Tom, how are you doing today? I'm still emotionally recovering from that Clone Wars episode, but yeah. you know I'm holding it together real well. There's a little Kleenex, uh, an industrial size container of it, right off screen. But it, I'll keep it, it together. Was, you know, I'll, I'll give a quick story before we we start at the beginning here. Um, Lou was able to uh, get officially. Um, he didn't. It was wasn't pirating or anything through Lucasfilm. He got promo. Uh, copies of these episodes or rather the ability to log into a secure website and watch the episodes a little bit in advance. And one of the press releases they sent out just recently Friday, in fact, was that this was it. Um, There wouldn't be any more promotional materials coming out after this. This is the end. Thank you for playing blah, blah, blah. And there was some question based on the wording of the email at first as to whether that was the finale. And I watched it. And uh, because, Lou, you thought, you know, wrapping up the story there, given that this isn't the end of the Star Wars story, we, we know the stuff that happens after it. Mm. That that actually is not a bad ending. Yeah, I, I actually yeah. was, it, it, you know, because I read the email wrong. I, I missed the part that it was two episodes. It said this is the, you know, it, it said it ends with the Order order 66 being given and so it forth. Like, begins Friday. Yeah, I'm like, great. Huh. And, and I missed the part that was two episodes. But when Friday's episode ended... I was I was actually really okay with that. I was like, yeah, that's great. It it didn't contradict anything. It just put me in a good place. It's a cliffhanger, yes, but we know she turns up later, and we you know we know what's happened to Maul and so forth. But I'm like, yeah, I'm mm-hmm. I'm I'm all set with this. I felt really good. <laughs> I, from a literary point of view, I see where it could have ended there, and it would have been a good quality ending. It wasn't a satisfying ending to me. 
in part because I kind of feel like Filoni really should have said some sort of a goodbye to things and evoked some sort of emotional depth to it. And so I wanted some sort of emotional closure, I think is the way I would put it. I think the story would have been okay. I wanted emotional closure. And I think we got that with the last episode, though I do have a little, little bit of a nitpick about it, but let's go all the way back to the beginning of the season, the bad batch. And I've been on record before saying I have a hard time relating to a lot of the stories about the clone troopers. It was good. I'm not saying it was a bad story, but it's always a little bit difficult for me. And then I felt like those characters were a little bit video game stereotypy and it was very heaven uh, action heavy to the point where to me there just it wasn't a lot of story it didn't hold up so that those are some of the things i've said on um night to the hollow table i'm going to kind of step back and let you guys chime in on this though what are what are your thoughts on the bad batch uh, tom i'm going to let you go first what did you think of the bad batch i'm on the opposite end of the spectrum as you with in terms of the clones, I think if if I were to pan the, the my webcam around the room, there's like 30, 30 to forty percent of my collection is clone trooper related in some way, <laughs> shape, or form. I'm, I've got a Rex helmet sitting right beside me. I also hear you have some mild interest in the military. So yeah, a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> you know, been a little bit of my life, but um, yeah. So I relate to them, and and I, I've. I'd love to see where they've they've gone and what Bad Batch gave us as as far as I'm concerned are two really unique things. A it tied up Echo's storyline uh, because yeah. it did not feel satisfying that that sort of jarring moment at the end of the Citadel uh arc from what was that season 5, season 4 where he blows up presumably on the landing pad and that's it. You know, he's been a character we've been with since season one and uh, it, it just didn't feel right to lose him that way and if you were there it's oh man what was this celebration 2015 in anaheim they showed the prelim version that they had done of these episodes obviously it's not the final version we got but i sat watching it and i was like this is amazing like if only we could get this fully fleshed out and so that scratch has been itched the other half of it uh, that it gave me was seeing non-conventional clones. We've seen a little bit of that with the ARC Troopers in Fives and Echo and s- some of the others that we see throughout the series. But this was like pure Special Forces stuff. And I agree with you that they're sort of stylized quite a bit, um, almost like arcade But it was just fun. It was like somebody pointed out they were like the Ninja Turtles of the clones, like down to like they had to have a Donatello. <laughs> yeah, no pizza, but otherwise, yeah, that's a good point. All right, Tim, what about you? What do you think? I liked him. I mean, I, obviously, it was the return of the Clone Wars for us after quite a hiatus, so that part of it was was really exciting. Uh, yeah, I, I do agree with you, Eric, that the the folks from uh, Clone Force ninety nine, the, the the Bad Batch, they were. A little tropey, very much, uh, you know, very 80s, like you said, video game or, uh, you know, action movie kind of tropey where they all really fell very neatly into these very defined boxes. But they were also a lot of fun and, you know, got to remember, hey, this is an animated show. 
And they were a lot of it was really driving a point home, I think, which we saw come full circle, literally to the very last episode of this season of this series. And I loved also how it tied in, how everything tied in uh, prior to this season releasing on Disney Plus. They did. I can't remember how many it was, 10, 12 15, maybe, I don't know, of of certain episodes that uh, someone at Lucasfilm handpicked, could very well have been Filoni, I don't know, uh, that they put in there and they spanned most of the seasons. And it was a watching those. It was a, it was a great lead. And I was reminded of a lot of different storylines and different characters and, and that kind of a thing leading into this and the very specific things that they pulled out of it were incredibly meaningful. It wasn't just this random smattering. They were stories that really drove certain points and related very much. And then as soon as I watched, you know, episode one of this season, uh, the bad batch, it was like, wow, it was absolutely intentional. The episodes that they chose. Right. And all the way through this season, I still reflected on that being really, really intentional. Uh, Because a lot of it, 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 it was it was great and it may very well still be there i'm not sure i'd, I'd have to go back into disney plus and take a look but it's it's a nice it was a real nice setup a nice reflection of things where there was a, an appropriate focus on ahsoka there was a very appropriate focus on the clones and on um on the brotherhood of the clones on the 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 chip on you know these other things related to that uh yeah. Less so on Anakin because really as the series evolved, it became less about Anakin. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, is kind of interesting. And um, Josh in the chat room pointed out, uh, he says, this is why I tell people to start watching the Clone Wars with episode 301 rookies, because the clones are one of the two pillars or hinges of the series after Ahsoka. So you're right. It's not, it's kind of about Anakin a little bit early on, but it kind of finds its own voice and it really becomes a lot about Ahsoka and her interactions with Anakin and Obi-Wan. And then separately it, whether I connected with them or not, it's about the clones. And I think that it makes a lot of sense to kind of start with rookies. And for those who who don't know the airing episode, uh, episode order of clone wars is not the chronological order. And there are various different lists online, including official ones where you can see the chronological order in which you might want to consider watching the episodes. But yeah, 301 might not be a bad place to start because a lot of the storytelling in the series is about the clones. And that's kind of where they begin that um, that arc. And then, of course, it wraps up in Bad Batch. That's kind of the mm-hmm. end of other than with Rex at the at the very end. This is kind of the end of the clone troopers as the clone troopers story arc. These 12 episodes, there was some criticism about the middle arc. But now that we have the benefit of hindsight, having seen all 12, what's clear to me and Tim, you made this point a little bit, uh, and I think it's a really good one, is that these 12 episodes were selected very, very carefully uh, it, it's not like they just pick some stuff off the trash heap, produce them to fill the gap 
until they could just do the four episode Siege of Mandalore arc. And I distill it down to two really simple storylines. A is Rex and bringing his storyline to a close at this chapter. And B is Ahsoka. You see through Bad Batch uh, and and ultimately in the, the Siege of Mandalore arc, the toll that the war is taking uh, and has taken yeah. on Rex. You see him, there's such a poignant scene at the end of the Bad Batch arc where he's saying his farewell to Echo as Echo is joining uh, Bad Batch. And, you know, Echo salutes him with a mechanic, like a piece of an arm. I mean, it's a data spike at this point. Uh, you know, the, the war has literally mm-hmm. blown this guy apart, uh, one of his yeah. closest friends. And by the end of it, um, even at the Siege of Mandalore, like he's a, a step slower than he was at the start of the war. Uh, and he's not the same character that he was at the start. Meanwhile, Ahsoka, you see the toll that, that things have taken on her beautifully played out in the Martez sisters arc uh, that, that sets it up really, really mm. perfectly the siege arc and make scenes like that one in this episode with um or maybe it was the, the friday's episode with mace windu where he's like okay citizen we've got yeah, jedi business right. to discuss right. i mean it adds so much meaning to that so there are two parallel arcs this was always about ahsoka and rex and i just thought it it was a great tapestry yeah and you know there's it's really interesting because watching this and this is yeah it's an animated series it's a kid show but obviously there's a real lot of depth to it and there's some real uh, serious and grounded topics and subject matter that they get into, which, which we are able to see and, and even relate to, to some extent. Um, and, and there's a lot of these topics that Tom and I talk about pretty regularly uh, in our show dispatches from the front mm-hmm. where we're covering war movies and uh band of brothers and that kind of stuff i mean some serious like you know you've got ptsd issues you've got uh that 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 brotherhood that that thing that binds people and you know of of course that that brotherhood is made so literal in star wars because they are all clones you're right but still there's so many the, the very different personalities come out of it but they have all these shared experiences and such and it is it's it's so terrific to see how that all wraps up. And then quite literally in the very last episode, you can see Rex's heart break. Because of that brotherhood, and now he has to he is now completely opposed to his brothers. I mean, he chose despite any programming, he chose a side. And that side was not with his brothers. And that was that was it was incredible and it was heartbreaking. And like, seriously, you could I mean, I feel it right now, like the emotion that gets at you because, you know, it's just tearing him apart viscerally. And Ahsoka pulls off his helmet and he's got that. I mean, he's covered in tears like, you know, we're going to we're going to come back to that arc. (laughs) in just a minute. I want to get loose um, comments on Bad Batch real quick. I I do want to say. Um, to the point you were making, Tim, my first real experience with the Clone Wars, I saw the theatrical release and was not impressed with it. Um, no one was. <laughs> and then that, right. And that caused me to not really be that interested in picking up the television yeah. series. But I watched an episode or two of it anyway. And then 
still really couldn't connect with it. And it wasn't until midway through season two when I got an email from uh, the guys who were doing the force cast at the time um, who had been doing it prior to me coming back to it and, and joining the network again. Um, well, it wasn't even really a network yet at, at that point, but uh, they asked if I wanted to come on and be a guest and I, yeah, sure. I mean, I have some catching up to do first, but I, I could do that. So I sat down and binge watched all of season one and then probably two thirds of the way through season two. And one of the things I remember bringing up in that discussion with them was that I was really impressed and a little bit shocked at how well they kind of conveyed some of the emotion uh, watered down a little bit for the sake of being family friendly, but some of the emotion of the difficulty of war and the, the perspective of the people who were caught in the battle. And Mm -hmm. it wasn't just a big action movie. Yeah. You got the emotions of the characters. And again, these characters are clones. They're basically just the same person over and over and over again, except they're not. They did a good job of communicating that. Um, and, and so that really hit me when, when I went back and watched it. And that was the point at which I decided, yeah, I'm, I'm going to continue watching this series and, and keep up with it. But um, so th- I, I think that's a really important point about the series uh, in general. It's just the way that it looks at those same, like you said, those same issues that you guys talk about in more grown up films that take more very realistically. They mirror that on, again, in a more family friendly way on the Clone Wars. Um Lou, what is your take on uh, the Bad Batch? Did you like that arc? Um, I thought of season seven, it was probably the weakest for me, um, just because I didn't relate to that storyline that much, I guess. Um, But I I mean, I I, I, I liked going back to it. It was great to see that was was there. I never saw it when it was released at the the convention, you know, in the the pre- pre-finished version i guess is or uh, yeah. storyboard but um i mean it was good stuff it just did, to me it didn't seem like it it advanced the overall storyline anymore than you know i i wasn't more fulfilled after seeing it than i was before yeah you didn't enjoy seeing admiral trench get killed finally <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah well you know hey but i mean i thought that the you know the new characters they introduced while they were unique and they were different they didn't really, it didn't give a place for me in the Star Wars saga. Yeah. You know, they didn't fit in. And, and we've seen the, the bad so batch, I guess they weren't supposed before. to fit in. But yeah, True. in different shows, the, yeah, the, the archetypes were there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think what actually one of the best moments out of this particular arc had nothing whatsoever to do with the arc itself. And that was. Obi-Wan telling Anakin when Anakin was really trying to be like very subversive about his uh, conversation with uh, with Padme and Obi-Wan says, yeah, tell Padme I said hi. Yeah, yeah, that was (laughs) that that was like that was fantastic. That was fantastic. Yeah, it's like, dude, he knew from the get go. There was you were not hiding anything from him at all. Yeah. All right, so moving on to the next arc. Lou, you liked the Ahsoka arc better than Bad Batch. I hear a lot of people mm-hmm. um, kind of poo-pooing the middle arc a little bit. 
I, I kind of liked it. I liked getting to see a little bit of what Ahsoka does after leaving the order. Yeah. That to mm-hmm. me felt very much um, like what I wanted. It, it, it was giving us something that we didn't get before. It felt like it was some right. closure for that. We, we knew she just didn't just leave and, you know, had never had a second thought. Right. You know, she left, but she was and, still acting as a Jedi. Right. She still had a moral code and her values didn't change. In fact, it was her values that made her leave the Jedi order. So she was consistent with that. And yet here she is put in a situation where there are some shades of gray that she has to deal with. And it was also a story about what do you do when you want to support your family and your family's trying to do what they need to do to survive. But that's a bad thing, but you do need to survive and you do need to support your family, but how far do you go down that path toward the bad thing if it's the bad thing? Yeah, right. And then Ahsoka then kind of getting stuck in the middle of that and trying to figure out how do I get myself out of this, but then how do I also get them out of it and maybe have an influence on them in such a way that they will become better people as a result and maybe stop doing the bad thing. So to me, whereas the first one, it had some good action. I, I was complimentary about some of the framing of the shots and the fight choreography to the extent that it felt very Michael Bay in a way that I could say it as a compliment. Yet there was also a lot of ridiculousness to some of fight scenes in the first batch. So to me, the first batch of episodes, the bad batch, there wasn't a lot of story. The second one to me had story that was meaningful and I liked that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought it was. I, I thought it was a. Go ahead. I, I was going to say one last thing. I thought it was great to see how other people reacted to what the Jedi did. Um, right. You know, you, you had those two, yeah. the two characters that were just, you know, at odds with. No, they ruined our lives. They did this, and they didn't even care. They, they, you know, basically said, "Oh yeah, here you go. Have may the force be with you. Have a good day." come again. Right. And it was like, wow, you know, you never thought about that from that side, but, um, from your perspective, were they wrong? No, not at all. It's kind of like, you know, we, didn't we see something like that in Marvel, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't there something where, um, (laughs) something was after the fact going, you guys come in, you save the day, but you destroyed the city and left and nobody ever did anything for us. You know, there was that whole feeling of the, of the, the common people on the ground going, yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, the entire civil war storyline to some extent. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, it, it harkened back to that. It felt very realistic to me when you he, when he heard that. And and it, it kind of, I hate to say, we're not going to discuss this because we don't discuss it on this network, but it it's analogous to politics, right? You, you've got a situation and you've got two different people from two different experiences and from their perspective on things based on what they see, it is completely reasonable that they could come to one conclusion. And the other person, based on what they see, completely reasonable that they would come to the other conclusion. And so what you have to do is you have to blend those perspectives and all of that information together and show both of them the bigger picture and then help them come to some sort of a compromise. Of course, that's not what happens in the real world. We are further apart these days as opposed to it. But I also thought that that was an interesting analogy to the real world in, in that, are the Jedi really good guys? Like, obviously, they're good guys as individuals, but there are ramifications of their actions that they don't always get to see that need to be 
considered. So that that's that's a very interesting take on it. And tying it into a scene that we had seen earlier, we I don't know that they showed that actual crash in the uh, the episode where what is that the beginning of season two, end of season one, where Cad Bane breaks zero out of prison on Coruscant. Mm-hmm. But if you go back and you watch that episode about the breakout, it's the clean cut black versus white Star Wars that we know and love. And it's okay. all that Ahsoka has known. Uh, yeah. She's part of the good side. Cad Bane is part of the bad, uh, the bad guys. You do what you have to do to, to, uh, to eliminate that threat and to right the wrong. And she as a Padawan never sees the fallout. She's not on the planet when mop up operations are going on and, and you're rebuilding a society. She's not down at level 1313 in Coruscant where, uh, you know, families are left shattered. And that moment where Trace is sort of describing what happened uh, in the aftermath and that line about the Jedi just coming to their door and just saying, you know, may the force be with you. Um, you know, that that rang true for me in in my own personal experiences in the military. But it it's an experience that was a, a real eye opener, a powerful scene that is on par with some of the most emotional that we've seen in the Clone Wars and one that really sets up her character uh, for that last arc. And in particular, I mean, I just keep coming back to that, uh, her interaction with not just Obi-Wan, but the rest of the the Jedi Council that she interacts with. Uh, You know, Mace has that line, or they ask her about whether she took these actions as a Jedi, thinking like, are you coming back into the circle of trust? And she's like, no, I'm not doing that yet. Mm -hmm. Right. It's it's necessary to give her that perspective so that she's a more three dimensional character than this, uh, you know, hey, good is good and evil is evil character that we've seen in the past. Yeah. 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 I mean, the, the, the Jedi essentially are blinded by their faith in their own mission. And, and uh, Jedi girl in, in, in the chat here said, I think the Jedi mean well, but they aren't aware of the consequences of their actions. And it's so true. I mean, they only see that collateral damage that's immediately in front of them. And, you know, their response to it is, is almost kind of this measure of like religious zealotry of, you know, well, the force wills it, it, it you yeah. know, that, yeah. that's, that, that, that's what the force set up. It's, uh, you know, it's not bad. It's not good. It just is. Um, see you later. Thanks for having us. Uh, you know, and that, and then they're off to do whatever else. And, and, you know, obviously the, the, these altruistic kind of things. I mean, there, there is a consequence to, to so much of, of what they do. And to an extent you can't, you know, understandably from a, a psychological perspective and, and a, a mission driven perspective, you can't always be, you can't be dwelling so much on the consequences of something because in order to accomplish something good, there may be less good impacts that that happen along that path right but the jedi are like so blind to it that was uh, what i always liked about qui-gon jinn yeah he's he, yeah because qui-gon is really really zealot. mindful right yeah yep when you you're you're seeing a level of as look luke put it in the last jedi extreme hubris uh that, that darth maul certainly sensed i mean he yeah, you know, he he talks about the the Republic, the Jedi Order are already having fallen, 
They just don't realize it yet. Uh, they've been so blinded uh, by this uh, this headlong dive that they've taken into the war. They, they do the quick 180 as the war breaks out from you know these uh, longtime peacekeepers to military commanders in a blink of an eye without any real discussion of it. And they've been entrenched in this warfare for years now to the point that it, it, it's sort of poisoned their own view. It, it's poisoned yeah. their view of, of really everything. And, and yeah. I, you know, look no further than in Revenge of the Sith when uh, Anakin reveals or tells Mace Windu that, uh, you know, the that Sidious is uh, a Sith, Sith Lord. Uh, Mace Windu doesn't say we, we have to go stop him for the good of the Republic. No, he says if the Jedi Order is to survive, we have to go take action now. It's become this like they've they've uh, looked so inward on themselves uh, at this point in the war that Palpatine has has played this masterful chess game while they've been playing checkers effectively. Yeah. Yeah, right. I, I, I think this this arc was a, a great look at those things outside of the military and outside of the Jedi order. And, and it grounded things a bit in the lives of, of real people mm -hmm. within the galaxy. And, and, and of course it also obviously touched on some of those uh, real underground things. And, you know, we even got a, a little bit of little flash of, of Darth Maul in there and that kind of stuff with a, a little bit of a, of a throw to, um, uh, to, to solo, it, it, you know, and I, I, I like that. I mean, because otherwise, obviously if it was just, Hey, Ahsoka is going to, you know, go rent a room in someone's house. Well, that's not very exciting. So there obviously had to be a story to go along with it. And, and it was good. It, it was, it was a, it was a good adventure. I, I think, you know, it, superficially, it may not have been real meaningful. But again, when you dig into it and you dig into this journey of discovery that Ahsoka went through, that was actually really important to her. And the stuff that she learned from there, we, I think, see very uh, tangibly in who she became further down the road in Rebels. There's there's stuff yeah. that she truly really really learned about the world in just these few episodes that and that carried with her that far you're exactly right she proved to herself in this arc that the jedi order doesn't have a monopoly on values mm -hmm. and it wasn't that way during the first episode of the arc because she has that great interaction with rafa where they're uh, they're in the machine shop and and she's like well the jedi are are out to do good they're out to 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 help other folks and rafa just sort of plays her off she's like well that <laughs> that's what some people think it sounds like what a jedi would say uh, kind of thing right. and and uh, that's sort of the turning point for ahsoka is she starts to realize and have some self-awareness about things and by the end of those four episodes she sees that you don't have to to carry a lightsaber you don't have to use the force to do good and to look out for the common person in the galaxy. And the Jedi seem to have lost sight of that. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. So moving on to the siege at Mandalore, I, I will say I, 
I kind of hinted at the fact that there was a slight little nitpick I had about the finale. And I guess it, it's that, and I, I don't think it's wrong. I don't think they should have done something else, but a lot of the episode still felt like an action scene to me. And I kind of feel like with the final episode of the entire series, it should have been 90% character resolution. And instead we got, I, I feel like maybe 25 to 30% character resolution. And it was really good character resolution, but I kind of feel like they should have expanded that a little bit and had a little bit less at the beginning of the episode with uh, are you talking just the last episode or the last arc? I mean, the well, the last episode primarily. Okay, yeah, I agree with you not, there. Not the, the last arc. episode had a lot more action than I think it should have had. And yeah. I think that's probably why I feel like that penultimate episode was more of an ending than this one was. Because it had that feel like we got a lot of character resolution going on. We got a lot of the feeling between her and what happened off. She's trying to save him. And so, you know, all leading up right. to that was all emotional, emotionally driven. Yeah. And, and the whole escape action sequence to me, like when they did it in the Mandalorian, it was different because it was also a cat and mouse game at the same time. That was lever. And then we've got the escape stuff in bad batch which was just gratuitous action movie-ish. Mm-hmm. Um, back to the Michael Bay, but not in a complimentary way. Um, and then we've got this where it was kind of in between, and I was kind of okay with it. I guess I just wish we had a little bit more... Like, I'm, I'm the guy who didn't mind the ending of The Lord of the Rings that much. It was a little bit long, Mm-hmm. But I wasn't falling asleep at, at the end of the well the return of the king. I mean, the two things I'll say for the the arc and the character resolution stuff. I mean, even in the last episode, the stuff at the very end, I thought was great. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I thought the sequence where she let Maul go even just how expressive her hands were when she really, she couldn't hold his shuttle back anymore. And she just, you know, let go. Yeah. I thought that that was a, a very powerful moment in, in her development. Oh, it totally was. It totally was. It it was still like the arc overall was still spot on. And even, even that episode, it was a great episode. Mm -hmm. I, I wish there had been more, with character resolution and, and they had, it played a bigger part of that final episode just kind of as a, a bookmark. But what we got other than that was still really good. And I loved the arc. I might agree with you more if we didn't have rebels and if we didn't have, if mm. we didn't have the Ahsoka novel, that's, that's out there. fair. Yeah. I, I, I still haven't read that. The way the effectiveness for me was that you've got Order 66, this this sort of keystone event in Star Wars history taking place all around them. Mm-hmm. And they have to, in the middle of the you know this din of battle, they have to steal these moments with one another to, to, to sort of reflect whether it's the, the moment right after uh, Rex gets up off the operating table and he goes, 
she goes, are you all right? And he says, yeah, kid, I'm all right. And then they immediately have to figure out a way out of there or that incredible scene on the bridge where they realize that, that Jesse has sort of outplayed them, at least in the short term. Um, or even the silent moment after the, the Star Destroyer crashes. Um, you know, there's, there's stolen moments because Sidious has taken that time away from them. Uh, yeah. And I think that's what's truly effective about it uh, because they, they know, you know, the, the end is coming in one form or another uh, and they have to capitalize. And, and, you know, at the end of the day, when it was time to jump into action, they, they really had no other choice. And so that to me made those those little moments as I rewatched the episode uh, that much more effective. Yeah. Um, so let me ask a, a quick question. Um, and David can probably answer this in the chat room. He brought up, um, the Ahsoka novel and said the scene from order 66 in the show is different than it is in the novel. And I've heard this elsewhere too. Uh, refresh my memory is the Ahsoka novel canon. It is Did it come out before. Yeah. Okay. So it is canon. So now we have a, is this the first significant canon disruption in the new canon? Is it a significant disruption? I no, I don't think I don't think it's a significant disruption. It's it's the prologue. The the actual <clears throat> novel covers what she does in the wake of the siege of Mandalore. So it's really just sort of an aside. I do think her if I'm remembering correctly, I didn't refresh my I didn't read it again before this episode, but I think her lightsabers are green uh in the prologue during this this period. So that's a little bit of a hiccup. But um, if I'm not mistaken, they fake her death at some point. So they, they leave a grave behind, uh, either for her or for Rex or for both of them. I can't remember. Uh, but I don't think it's significantly uh, off from what we have here. Mm. Okay. I still may read that at some point. I own it. I just never got around to reading it yet. So. I, I actually owned it and I gave it away because one of my um, fellow members of the Connecticut 501st uh, Legion I'm in is uh, his daughter's name is Soka. And I had it signed by um, Ashley at, a, at near Comic-Con. And I was like, oh, let me give this to her. <laughs> so, oh, that's awesome. yeah. what a nice guy, Lou. That's awesome. I'm sure she appreciated that. Now, see, if you had only told Ashley, if you'd known at the time... If I had to yeah. end up with a little girl named Ahsoka. Okay, yeah. Yeah. I was like, well, who better to give this to than that? So, yeah. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, it would almost feel bad not giving that thing. So, uh, Tim, any last thoughts on, on this, uh, this arc? Uh, was this it fulfilling? Yo, it absolutely was. It was an interesting arc. And, and it was one of those where every episode had some very meaningful things in it. And then of course, collectively as an arc, it had very meaningful things in it, you know, taking as that collection of different stories. And then again, looking, you know, drawing back even further, looking at it from the journey that we went on through all of the clone wars and then into what ends up happening in rebels and the connections that we have there especially with Ahsoka and with Rex. And there's just, there's just really incredible stuff. I, I, I loved what we went through with this. I got to say for the most part, 
the third episode in, in this arc shattered was um i think very intense um as was also the the, the second episode the phantom apprentice the first episode old friends not forgotten was a nice setup uh, it was, I, I, I loved kind of that emotion of this reunion of Ahsoka with, uh, with Anakin and with Obi-Wan and you have that bit of friction between Ahsoka and, and Obi-Wan with it. You see Anakin wanting her to come back into the order. You see her basically like refusing it. And then in the midst of that refusal, you have Rex and this part of the 501st with their helmets painted and in her pattern and all that kind of mm. stuff, which, you know, even though we saw that in the trailer for this season, like that was still like really emotional and you just, right. you felt so attached to that. And, you know, it kind of made you then wonder like what they, what she was going to do with this. And she still resisted. She's, you know, she still said, I'm, I'm, I'm not coming back. And then even that little discussion about, well, she can't actually command the clone forces because she's no longer a Jedi and she's no longer associated with the Republic and, and all that. And so then it was a, well, okay, Rex is going to be in charge and she's attached as a, you know, as an advisor or whatever. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, that that's fine. They, they, they worked around the, the, the legal crap that Tom pays attention to. <laughs> to that was an Anakin solution. If I've ever seen one, <laughs> You're a consultant. you know, yeah, yeah, exactly. So it just, you know, they made everything work in each of these individual episodes. And then in in the Phantom Apprentice, that fight between her and Maul was absolutely epic. And the it was choreography incredible. on that was amazing compared to any of the other fights that I recall. Yeah. Yeah. The choreography was great. And it was it was so impressive uh, afterwards after seeing that episode to see that that was actually uh mo-capped mm-hmm. like that way and it like and then it made like so much more sense that like okay you can do some really cool stuff in animation but the flow of that was there was a whole lot of extra in right. in, in, in the flow of, of how all that worked out and then to see oh yeah this was actually mocap this was like real people this was ray park this like Okay, boom. I'm I'm good. I'm even more sold on it. Was it actually and, Ray Park that did it? I had heard that it was. I I believe it was, yeah. Yeah, it was. Okay. Yeah. Good. So, you know, that that was just this one extra thing. But then also in, in the setting of Mandalore and seeing what Mandalore was going through, and, and and that then also transported us forward into Rebels, because then in Rebels you see how shattered and destroyed and screwed up. Mandalore and, and, and all the Mandalorians are. And now you get even more history on that. Uh, so all this like connective tissue that uh, primarily Dave Filoni is responsible for, uh, for, for putting in this background. And you come to realize that nothing was meaningless in any of this. Yeah. And, you know, while there's so many people who say, oh, well, you know, this episode was a uh, was a, a filler episode. And I, I absolutely despise that term and the whole concept behind it, because I'm sorry, these episodes cost an awful lot to make. And they're not going to throw all that money and those resources at something that's meaningless and call it filler. You may not realize it when you're watching it, 
But well afterwards, you come to realize, oh, that's what they were setting up from this episode. It was a new character or it was a character trait or it was a new setting or it was something that somehow they circled back to later on that there there was no filler. Everything had meaning. Everything had purpose. Yes, there's tiers of meaning and purpose. Some of it was a lot higher. Some of it was lower, but it was all meaningful. And and I just loved how this was this to me. While there's still so much missing and there's still so much more story to explore for a lot of the characters and the events and the, the people and the places, it still felt very much to me wrapped up in a bow and yeah. watching victory and death and how this all came together. This was exactly this is exactly what I wanted personally. It was very satisfying to me. Um, I hate to see the Clone Wars go again. <laughs> But I'm I'm totally cool with it. You know, yeah. I'm totally cool with how they wrapped it up. I will say I I feel like I wanted to see more about Mandalore and I expected to see more about Mandalore. I think it's smart that we got what we did instead. But there was a part of me that wasn't fulfilled by the Mandalorian side of the content. However, I do need to go back and rewatch a lot of rebels again. And I think that now after I do that, I think that this will probably have more meaning. And as you said, provide more backstory to watching where things are in the state of Mandalore in the rebel series. But I guess that, that caught me off guard a little bit and that's my own fault and it's my own distraction. And I wish I didn't have that distraction going into this arc even then, even with that distraction and lamenting the fact that I wanted to see more about Mandalore and the Mandalorians and all that didn't really matter because the arc was just so good. Yeah, you know I, I think mean? if, like, I didn't if, feel like a loss. The Mandalorian piece beautifully meshes up with Rebels and it makes me want to go back and watch the series again because yeah. think about think about that moment with Obi-Wan and uh, Bo-Katan Obi-Wan knows what it is to be rejected by the council trying to go to Mandalore on and, and, and start up a joint operation. He got denied and uh, right. chaos ensued. Uh, they talk about treaties of a hundred years uh, being broken uh, with, with in terms of Mandalore's independence. Bo-Katan knows that the die that she is casting to, to get this assistance from Ahsoka and the Republic. And it, it sets them up on a tee. She gets what she wants in the short term, but it feeds them right into the hands of the Empire. You go, you watch uh, Rebels, what, season two, season three? You see what they became as a res direct result of that bargain. Bo-Katan is driven back into exile. Mandalore is in the hands of the Imperial Super Commandos. And who else but Gar Saxon, the guy with the red helmet and the, the horns that you see in this episode... Uh, he's come right in and, and uh, helped take over the planet. It's it's no better, if not, it's a lot worse than it was at the end of the Clone War. So you've got this emotional baggage carried forward from one war to the next. And it bled into Sabine's character. I mean, it's, it you know, right. her arc and, and her coming to terms with her own crimes against her people is just a beautiful path. So I think it fits beautifully together. If you want your Mandalorian uh, back, you know, full story, just, you know, go, go queue up rebels now. 
Yeah, uh, I think it, I'm going to. Because this, I, and again, I, I will argue to the end of the earth, these last 12 episodes were about two people and two people alone, Rex and Ahsoka, ending their storyline uh, and, and setting them up for their re, uh, their reuniting in Rebels. That was it. Everything else was just pieces on the chessboard uh, to set that up. And it did it really, really beautifully. Yeah. And, 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 you know, their relationship had so much meaning and depth to it and respect. I mean, they they were more they were more than 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 warriors or soldiers together. They were more than than leaders. I mean, they truly were friends. And, you know, that that friendship evolved. And, and for, you know, for for part of it, there was um I mean, certainly throughout the the series, we saw a little bit of animosity from some of the clones of the Jedi because the Jedi weren't military. And we certainly saw a lot of um, not not necessarily overt questioning, but some 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 maybe second guessing a little bit of someone like Ahsoka who especially early on was so young and being, you know, essentially given a commission and leading clones into battle and that kind of stuff. And, and, you know, with so little experience. And of course the funny thing is the clones didn't have that much more experience than she did, but they had an awful lot of training and very focused training Right. Uh, through their whole, whole whole growth and upbringing and, and that kind of stuff. So you you had this, I think, for a while early on, Rex was kind of like a, you know, he was a subordinate, then he was like a father figure, and then now they're like their true peers and their friends. And you even saw it in how they fought yeah. together in Victory and Death, which was just this incredible uh and 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 um complementary fighting style between the two of them because Ahsoka was able to use the lightsabers to shield them and protect them and she would step aside real quickly and uh and and Rex would 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 you know go out with the pistols and then she would step back in and just watching that animated choreography of how that happened I loved watching that. I thought it was incredible how they how they did it. And it showed how well the two of them worked together. And for as much as Ahsoka lamented the loss of of the Jedi Order and and ultimately the loss of of Anakin, I think her relationship with Rex was actually far more meaningful than her relationship with Anakin. Far more meaningful. Well, certainly after her departure from the Jedi, at the very least, yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah. There's that hilarious moment where she cuts the floor out from under them and the floor falls. Oh. She stays on her feet. Rex yeah. falls oh. right over. Yeah. <laughs> and I totally expected well, one him of them to say, like, coming. One of them yeah, I, totally, I totally expected him to say something like, you know, just a short, real quippy thing like, hey, you could have warned me about that. Yeah. And, yeah, but but he did, he's like, used you know, to it. Yeah, yeah. Not, not a word, good soldier. But yeah. speaking of that whole move of her cutting that hole in the floor, like that was awesome. Like her throwing the lightsabers out and using the force to spin them around to yeah. cut that hole. That was so cool. That was so cool. I love yeah. that. 
All right. Well, we are about to wrap up here. Any final thoughts on um, either this arc or the Clone Wars in general? Keeping it brief. Any final thoughts, Lou? No, I think I think I'm good. We covered uh, everything I wanted to talk about in this one, and I'm I'm sad it's over again, but I'm also happy with the way it wrapped up. Yeah, this is like the third time we've had to go through it being over. <laughs> yeah, a little tired of that. But yeah, no, I I think that of the three endings we've had, this is definitely the best ending. This felt very fulfilling. Um, I am very happy with the way it ended. And it really made me feel like the book is closed on what was a really good book. Mm -hmm. Tom, any final thoughts? I miss it already. Yeah. (laughs) Again, all over again. Yeah. (laughs) Jim? Uh, I mean, basically everything that's been said, I want to know more about Rex um, in this interlude now between now and Rebels. I, I, I would love to see a couple of novels come out focused on Rex and his journey and what he did and where he went and all that kind of stuff, um, because I can't believe that he would just simply turn himself in, in, into a hermit. It, you know, you, you we know that he didn't. But I want to know what he did and I want to know what his journey was after this. And I think a big part of it was him in mourning. And I think a big part of it was probably like some extent of some PTSD. And I really it seems weird. I I want to see that. I I want a book on that and how Rex dealt with the weight of all this crap that he went through in this last episode and a half and how he moves forward and what he does. Yeah. Yeah. I, I want to see just a little further in time when he's just like he's settled in with Wolf and Gregor and they're just like roommates on the ATTE just like before any like craziness in Rebels starts when they're just like doing normal stuff like hunting jupas and arguing about whose turn it is to wash the dishes and stuff. I see a sitcom coming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, that's it. That's the Clone Wars. Yeah. I I think that, uh, you know, looking at all of the Star Wars media that we've had, I'm so grateful that we got a television series to help fill in the blanks that we, we didn't really get between episodes two and three. Two is the beginning of the wars. Three is the end of the wars. And, and we don't really have anything in between. And yet that was such a monumentous it wasn't even an event. It was a period of time in Star Wars that we weren't going to get until we got this series and until we got Dave Filoni. And um, I'm just I'm really grateful that George came up with a concept that he brought in Dave Filoni. And uh, again, we mentioned this on Echo Base. If you haven't seen it, Disney Gallery, The Mandalorian just also deb- debuted today. It's eight episodes long, 30 minutes apiece. The first one is uh, focused on the directors and Dave Filoni tells the story of him getting the job with George Lucas. And it's, it's really interesting. You should check it out, but I'm just, I'm so grateful for that for uh, Ashley and all of the incredible voice actors who worked on the series, all of the animators. There are all kinds of, of casting crew that go unsung for this series. And it was such you know, for for something that I dismissed so casually early on, it truly developed into a monumentous part 
of the Star Wars story. And, and I'm just, I'm really grateful for it. I know we all are. I hope you all are too. If you would like to tell us what you think of it, head over into the Discord server. And I know people are going to be talking about this for a long time. People already are. So go to randomchatter.com slash discord. And uh, there are free channels there on the server for each of the shows on the Random Chatter Network. If you would like to get a little bit deeper dive, we do have a separate Star Wars group of channels, including a Star Wars Clone Wars channel. There's a separate Star Wars Clone Wars spoilers channel. There are some pretty deep conversations going on there. Uh, those we open up to anybody who donates anything to the Random Cheddar Network, even if it's just $1 a month for Patreon. At randomchatter.com slash Patreon, you can get more information on that. But that opens up all of these additional channels. And if you're interested in discussing the Clone Wars, I really recommend it. Um, we've got some great people there and some really insightful conversations going on. So um, I would highly recommend that. Be sure to check out all of our podcasts over at randomchatter.com. Thank you for hanging out with us. Before uh, Lou ducks out here, he's still awake. I'm still here. That makes one of us. All right. Where can people find you online, Lou? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Lou Secchi, or sorry, Lou Skywalker. That's Skywalker with the E. You can find me on Instagram at Lou Secchi and Six Inch Hero. All right. Tim, where can we find you? You can find me at my hat is better than yours. That is a cool hat. <laughs> I, like that. Not, I gotta get me one. Not that cool. R2D2 uh, with the Mickey Mouse ears. Yeah. That's right. Uh, on Twitter, Qui-Gon Tim, that is Tim with two M's. And on uh, Instagram, some call me Tim1138, that is Tim with one M. Okay. And Tom, where can we find you online? You can find me on Twitter at Thomas L. Harper. That's L as in Lee. And on Instagram at Tmos, T-M-O-S-S, 185. Same as on the chat log or the chat room here. And is that it? You can keep that's going. It. No, that's <laughs> it. Stuff. Two's enough for me. Or... Okay. All LinkedIn, right. LinkedIn, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, like I said, hit randomchatter.com for a lot of great podcasts. And uh, happy May the 4th, everybody. We've got a lot of great Star Wars content coming to uh, Echo Base, so be sure to subscribe. And that's it. Have a great week. We will catch you all later. 